Welcome to Kankakee Podcast, where we talk about the people and places of Kankakee County. I'm Jake Lamore, and today we are welcomed by uh, someone that is known for many different things in our community, including, the, to me, the main thing he's known for, and that's the main reason why I brought him on today on the podcast, is uh, his tenure as the BBCHS band director for the last, well, we're going to get into that here in a minute, but I'm, I'm pleased to welcome my good friend, Bill Dyke. Welcome, Bill. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great, Jake. And it's, an, it's a, I'm, I'm humbled and, and honored that you would ask me to do this because actually this is the first time I've ever done a podcast in my life. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I just, I thank I'm grateful for this opportunity and, um, I'm humbled by that and honored that you would ask. So. Of course. And, and as, as I was trying to introduce you, I'm like, man, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> it's like I, don't, I it's like, I don't know how to introduce this guy just because you and I have known each other for so long mm-hmm. um, now. Now that I think about it, I I I I pretty much known you since I started broadcasting. So it's a that good, was when that's like seven years. Seven years, yeah, man. <laughs> I know, right? It, and it, you have grown into a fine young man even oh, before I knew you. But well, uh, I mean, thank- you've got so many great things going for yourself with the with the station and this and. You're a good, you're, you're a great dad. Oh, thanks. Great dad. Thanks. To see how you, but it's I mean, it's honor it's an honor to be here. And I don't you know I don't know. Um, there's so many things in that I, I guess in all my reflection that I've been thinking about with uh, the retirement and um, 34 years of teaching. I was um, gonna say 35, but I'm like I don't think it's 35. I know it's close. Yeah. Yep, 34 and. I, I guess the two words that I use to describe my life as a music teacher, blessed and very, very lucky, because I've had um, amazing experiences. I started back in 1988 in Sheldon, Illinois, not too far from here, and that was two years there, uh, 12 years in the Kankakee School District, four years at Morris High School, and then 16 at Bradley Bourbonnet, and all along the way, I've just been blessed with so many wonderful students, uh, their, the families, the uh, fellow staff members, the administration, board members who've just blessed me with the, the opportunity to do the things that I've done with the students that I've worked with. And it just feels like uh, my, my experience started way back when I was in high school. Um, I think most people really, they think to themselves, you know, you have, what what do you want to aspire to be? Yeah. You know, you want to be, when I was that age, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be an EMT, a lab tech. and all Really? You went through all those different things in high school? All those things I thought, well, leading up to my sophomore year in high school, 
all those different things. You know, that's what a lot of times that's what boys want to do. Doctors, lawyers, you know, they not just boys, but yeah. young men, you know, that's what I thought I wanted to be. Yeah. And then my sophomore year in high school, it hit me. I want to be a band director someday. And how did that, how, what, where did you have that epiphany or why, what brought that epiphany on in your, your sophomore year of high school? I had an amazing band director. Um, his name was Cliff Kaminsky. And um, he, I could just tell he was having so much fun doing what he was doing. He was crazy. Don't get me wrong. He was crazy. We all knew that. All, you know, of, all I, the kids were in that band. Like, hey, I feel like all band directors, <laughs> all good band directors are a little crazy. And I feel like the ones that aren't crazy are just kind of, eh, yeah, he, he's okay. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. You know, yeah. But he was crazy, but we just had so much fun. And you could tell he was having so much fun with us. And I love playing music. So that my sophomore year, it really hit me. This is what I want to do. And I started to pursue that through the classes that I took there at, at, at Beardstown High School and then went to Millican University for a music education degree. And it just happened. And I also had a wonderful uh, choir director, Mrs. Barbrainer, had both a Cliff Kaminsky and her. And the two of them had, we probably had one of the best music departments there in that part of the, of the state. And, um, I guess I've never heard you talk about singing. I, I sang in everything. Yeah. I did everything band and everything choir. I mean, you've been a band director, so it usually doesn't, the singing part doesn't come up. Ever. I always tell my band kids, you know, there's a reason I teach band and not choir whenever I sing things to them. But yeah, when I was in high school, I did everything, junior high, high school, I did everything there was you could do in band between, you know, the regular band, the marching band, pep band, Dixie Lane band, jazz band. But then also in the choir aspect of things, you know, in the regular choir, but I was in show choir. Well, they, back then we called it swing choir. Okay. And then what's now is called show choir. I also did the Madrigals. I did barbershop quartet, did all that stuff. So music was my thing in high school and it just progressed on through college where I did everything there. And then, uh, you know, that was back in 1988 when I had my first job and it's just been music ever since. But Watching my high school teachers, my music teachers having so much fun, I, I, I think my philosophy was I'm going to return the favor because I had so many wonderful things, many experiences provided to me. Someday I want to do that for, my, for, for the students that I work with. And that's just kind of been my driving force. And hoping kids that come through my program when they walk out the other side, I'm excited about being in music. I want to continue to be in music. I want to be an independent musician who can go to collegiate level, play in municipal bands, and just walk in, sit down, be able to play and, and enjoy that for the rest of their life. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's nice to be able to do that. And I'm sure you're looking forward to doing more of that because you already do that yourself. Um, even before retirement, being in municipal bands and mm -hmm. and rock bands and any kind of band you can think of. I mean, I know you've uh, you filled in for the Swing Kings too, right? Yeah, I play in the Swing Kings Orchestra. I've been playing with them for probably oh, close to twenty years. Yeah, uh, playing. I mean, playing around town. KV, uh, the KVT shows. I've played uh, with the Kankakee Valley Symphony Orchestra. Been very very fortunate to be in an area where there's opportunities to perform because I think. Music teachers, you've got to be a decent musician to be a decent music teacher. Yeah, because you have to teach everything. Yeah, yeah. Everything. I always thought that was the most daunting thing. Like, how does... Oh it, it is. Like, I've, I've always admired any 
band director I had going through school or choir director or whatever, and they can just adapt so quickly to, you know, they're telling the trumpets, okay, no, 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 it's, you know, middle finger mm-hmm. is your, you know, I, I, I play trumpet, but for some reason I can't think of a, an actual note right now. But uh, well, the, the ever popular B flat versus, versus B natural. Oh, yes. So, the that, open and the close, yes, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's just something that, you know, don't ask me to play oboe, bassoon, or flute very well. I can help you out with the fingerings, but those you, instruments are. You know, yeah, you know the notes, but as far as performance yeah, it's hard. goes, it's hard. Yeah, but yeah, you go when when you're going through. When I went through, when I went through college, I had to take all these techniques classes for different how to play different instruments, and uh, class piano was not <laughs> not my thing, nor uh, the strings. That was kind of rough. But you have to. But you have to. Their their job is. To do you have to do strings? Do, I do does not. Everyone. Well, I, you I know to, you don't. Yeah, but you like had, in school, you had to do strings. We had to take um, technique techniques classes in on every instrument for a semester. So even sitar. We didn't make it that far. We didn't make it into that one. <laughs> that would have been, I'm sure the enrollment for that class might have been rather high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but yeah, they, they put you through the ringer. And, um, but it, it's so beneficial when you get out yeah. and, and you become, you, you have to have some knowledge to help kids succeed. And yeah. So yeah, there's some work to do in that. But, uh, so, well, let's go back to, to the beginning. I know you were born and raised in Beardstown. Beardstown, Illinois. Yeah. Which is close to... It's about 45 miles west of Springfield. Okay. It's right on the Illinois River. So is, is that... That's not close to Jacksonville, right? Very We've cl- talked, yeah. It is close mm-hmm. to Jacksonville. About 30 miles away from Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought I thought I remember talking to you about that. So what, what kind of family were you brought into? What, what were your parents like? Were they the the music uh, nuts in your life, or was it your grandparents, or maybe some uncles, or anyone in your family? I was the, my mom. My okay. mom actually was a, she played trumpet all through grade school, junior high and high school. Um, she, ha- I still have her, uh, the cornet that she played when she started. It oh, that's was, so cool. It was made in 1951. Wow. And I looked it up and found the serial number and when it was made in 1951. And uh, I believe she was in grade school. I forget exactly when, but um, nonetheless, she was the musician. My dad always said he could play the radio. <laughs> and he, that was his thing. Uh, that, I can't tell you how many times I heard that joke yeah. as, as a musician growing mm-hmm. up, meeting other people that don't play. They're like, well, I play the radio. <laughs> and you're like, oh, gosh. My dad took it one step further and said he, he could also play his nose. Like, what do you mean you can play your nose? Well, I can pick it or I can blow it. Oh, my oh, God. Man, come on. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, man, that's a dad joke right that there. That is a dad joke for oh. sure. But she was the only musical person that was in my immediate family, my grandma and my grandma, my grandparents. None of them were into music. So I kind of was the first one that got hooked on it. My two brothers, um, my my brother Brian played drums, and my younger brother Brent played drums and played some guitar. So we, the three of us really picked up on some music things. I'm the only one who really went after it seriously. But did um, did they stick with the drums like you did? Uh, they went through high school. Through yeah, high, okay. through high school. And then um, I'm the only one who went on even further. But I, I know each of you know, once you learn, you, you, you don't forget. It may be a little rusty, but you can get back to it. But 
But my youngest brother, Brent's a really good guitar player. So okay. he, uh, he he played, uh, there's a little band he played in back, I forget how many years ago, but he, he did a little work there. And But yeah, as far as music's concerned, it's pretty much me. So when you, uh, when did you, did you do the typical start in school band, like mm-hmm. fourth, fifth grade? Fifth grade, yeah. And was it percussion? Did you start there? Or yeah, that's where you... I started, but it okay. was interesting because my band director then, um, they do these little rhythm tests with you because they, yeah. they, they bring the instruments out. And they still do the same thing where you try out each of the instruments. Yep, I remember doing that with King Music way back yep, in the day. <laughs> yep, they, uh, they try this out. And a lot of times, I don't know, I'd, I wish I could go back and be a fly on the wall in the conversation that the band directors were having because a lot of times these days it seems like we have too many saxophones and too many drums that sign up for beginning band because those are really glamorized instruments whether it's you know mtv or wherever yeah but um my fifth grade band director roger slaughter was his name slaughter roger slaughter and he the way they tested drummers or percussionists to see if they were they have any ability well, they would bang out a rhythm on the desk and have us echo it back. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to play drums. Now, my fourth grade year, my mom made me take organ lessons. I had to. Oh. It was hard. It was like, I'm sure I, you loved every moment of that. Not really. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're talking traditional organ with the pedals yes, and the yes. two boards. Oh, it was It was. Maybe there, I think there was some positive in there somewhere, but I'd have to really dig in. Was but a lot of church influence on that? It was, was that it was like Silent Night, and then I played Long, Long Ago. I can't remember some of the stuff that I played. There's only two songs I remember that I learned on the organ. Yeah. But she told me I had to take organ for a year before I could take drums. So all through my fourth grade year, I did that. And then the minute I walked out of my last lesson, I knew, all right, Mom, that's your year of organ. Now I get to start the drums. Well, my band director, Roger Slaughter, after he banged out this drum on the desk, he said, you know, mom, dad, I, we don't, I don't think he has a decent sense of rhythm. I don't think he's going to make it as a percussionist and tried to get me to play trombone instead. Not that the trombone was bad. But I wanted to play the drums. Well, you do look like you could be a decent trombone player. I do decent. I do pretty lie. well with low brass instruments. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he said, I don't think he's good to be drummer. And I, and I recently was talking to some of my students, like, I'd love to find Mr. Slaughter and go, hey, yeah, <laughs> maybe I did okay for a percussionist yeah, at this age. I was going to ask if you ever had reconnected with him years later and been like, yeah, guess what? <laughs> I looked, I've looked on Facebook because we were uh-huh. talking about that one day at school and I got to I'm trying to hunt him down and I, I didn't. I what if he's still him. living? I don't, I don't know even, how yeah, old that'd be, a, that'd be a good question. He I, was at the time yeah. when you were, you know. That's, if he was if he was decently young, then yeah, probably still. I don't know. Probably still. Around. I did a little looking around, and I found yeah. a high school band director at the time, but I haven't found Mr. Slaughter yet. Okay. So I have to do some digging and see. Yeah. But yeah, and I'm sure it would be one of those things like, hey, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guess what? <laughs> Not to rub your face in it or anything, but just <laughs> hey, I I made it okay. I did okay. So uh, but yeah, that's how I got started way back when I was ten. I played in. Finally, when I got old enough, I took some drum set lessons and had a couple bands I was in through high school and into college that I played for. And when you were so when you were playing it, you were playing in rock bands, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So did you guys play covers and play shows with your like your friends around the same age or what? It was mostly uh, it was all cover bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one we called ourselves um, the Marauders because the Marauders. this one guy had a Gibson Marauder guitar, so we named ourselves that. 
And then another band I was in called Camouflage. Because we wore camouflage. Because back in the early 80s, that was the thing, you know. Yeah, I know you're laughing. And I don't think there's any pictures of that, thank God. I would love to see pictures of that. I don't think there are any. Is there going to be a reunion? Uh, we tried. Camouflage? We tried it once, and it was... Uh, at, at one of the high school reunions, maybe? Or maybe it was, no, the Marauders got together. We used to, my dad, when he, we had a, he had this garage, this is after, uh-huh. like, maybe it was after, it was after college. And we got together, tried to do a Marauders thing. We recorded it. I think I've got that. That thing is buried somewhere in my basement where no one will ever find it. But the way we used to get gigs, the way we would get people to play is I was living on a farm. I grew up on a farm, and we would have wiener roasts. Okay. So we would have all we'd have invite all of our friends out to a wiener roast. Had all the food, and oh by the way, the, the Marauders will be playing at this. <laughs> so we 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 kind of made our own kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, just when I was in high school and. That's when I was really, you know, starting to get make kind of make my musical way, and then on over to Millican and yeah, I, I mean, I guess to get back to your question about what my, what no. my family was like. Yeah, I was kind of the only musical guy. Yeah, grew up on a farm, so I could be out there and crank stuff up in the garage, and not bother the neighbors at all. It's perfect for you being. Yeah. Was it an actual operating farm, or mm-hmm. your parents were, or your dad was a, a my, farmer? Yeah, my okay. dad was a farmer. He grew up, as a matter of fact, he grew up, <clears throat> excuse me, he grew up, the house that I grew up in was the house that he grew up in. Oh, cool. Same farm, um, kind of right, right about a, not even a mile away from the Illinois River, and we were about five miles out into town, and the closest neighbor was maybe a mile, but he was a, he was a lifelong farmer. My mom... Her, her her job was to raise three boys, and that's the job. <laughs> so she did that. She wanted a girl really, really bad. Uh, after having, after probably that second boy, <laughs> yeah. she's like, please, God. Yeah, I need one. Yeah, I need a Beth Ann. One. Yep. She yeah. wanted a Beth Ann. That was what it would, if I would have been a girl, my name would have been Beth Ann. Getting back to, you know, you go throughout high school, you figure out your sophomore year that you want to be a, you want to be a band director. Right. Mm-hmm. And then did you at that time, I know, I don't know if Milliken has the same reputation that it does today or even back then. I, at least I got the impression growing up, at least in the Mantino area, that Milliken was like, that was the place you wanted to go for music. I don't know if it's still that way. Or... I think it is. I mean, from what I, I have visited uh, many times since I've had some students go there. Um, and not necessarily music education, but they've been involved in music while they're there. And it's, it's still pretty, has a, has a very high reputation. I know in my conversations with other people, when it comes to music education preparation for the teachers that come out, our preparation was very intense compared to some other schools. I mean, just a quick example, we had, we did, a, like we're talking about those techniques classes upper strings, lower strings, upper strings was one semester, lower strings another semester, these other schools, one semester of strings. So we were in, in you it. were in depth. You were, yes. you were breaking that down. <laughs> we had one semester of clarinet while other places had, um, flute, oboe, bassoon. They just clarinet. threw all the woodwinds yep. in one, in one semester. Yes. My and head I, would spin. I, yeah. Mine was spinning enough with some of the things we had to do. But I think that there, that's a very intense preparation that we went through, not to mention some of the, the performers that come out of there. I mean, you, you look back on, over, the, over time, um, 
there's a gentleman, I mean, just to, some of the people who have come out of Milliken and where they have landed in their lives. A uh, guy who graduated from Milliken, Bud Harner, was the music director and drummer for Barry Manilow for quite some time. Wow. And then if I think most of us have, have seen the movie The Little Mermaid. Yes. Well, of course, there's the dialogue voice and the singing voice of some of these main characters. Well, the singing voice of Ariel graduated from Milliken University. No way. Yes. So we're we're always like, hey, we're we're big shots. We went to Milliken where the singing voice of Ariel graduated. That's amazing. So it is. And there's some other people that, you know, the people that have made it into the president's own marine bands have gone through Milliken. I'm sure every college can say the same thing. You have people who take it really, really serious and they sure. make it into the big in the big time. Yeah. But Milliken is, is still, you know, recording as far as commercial music is concerned. They've got state of the art studios they have since I was there. And have continued to build on that. So, yeah, Milliken is pretty well known for its music department. And so going from high school, finally knowing you want to be a band director and you get your own, you obviously have your own idea of what that's going to be like. And when you start at Milliken day one, was your your vision of being a band director, was it completely kind of like, turned upside down. You know how you get your idea of how something is going to be, but then it it doesn't, you know, it turns out being it's something a little different than what you expected. I guess what were your expectations like? You know, I guess when you when you go into it, you have to learn the nuts and the bolts of it, the music theory, all the the instruments you have to learn, all that stuff, the educational philosophy. Some of those things open your 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 mind is opened up to some a little bit different parts of it. I think the most, uh, I think maybe one of the more uh, revealing moments, I guess, would be the peek behind the curtain for the first time when you go out and do what they call practicum experiences where you visit another teacher and they don't really want you visiting your own school because you kind of know that program. But to go to and, and observe a teacher in the field, you're kind of, flipping around to the other side and seeing it from the director's standpoint as opposed to a student in the program. And do you remember the the first time you did that? Ashland, Illinois, yes. Yeah. I was uh, went to visit. It's a school that wasn't far from Beardstown. Okay. And we were walking in, and it was a really good program. I was lucky to get into it, to be able to just go and observe. And she let me do some things, too. I got to direct the band a little bit and work with some students. So that that other side of it, I think that's where people really figure out if this is for you, because I've, I've, I've ran into people who they've gone all the way through their student teaching and walked out the door on the last day and said, nope. Wow. That's a figure that out kind of late, <laughs> but you do have that moment. I mean, of course there was that moment my sophomore year, but then the first time you start working with other students as the teacher, that's a make or break moment for you. And fortunately I'd, made the right decisions up to that point. So just to kind of, again, peek behind the curtain and see how, how does this stuff run? And I like, okay, this is cool. But then I also think that there's so many things, like when I first started teaching, I'm sure if people, and, and, and to this day, even my mom would always say, whenever I see you working with your bands, right, whenever I see you at a concert, I see Cliff Kaminsky in you. So I think the way, you know, you learn all the things you learn when you're in school at, at, in, at the collegiate level, but when you get out, you you kind of do your own thing using all those tools that you were given. 
but you do what you saw, especially if it was successful. And I think that that, when, when she would say, I, I see Cliff Kaminsky and you up there whenever you're doing that stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. Well, he's the one that inspired he you to, he was. to to get into it. Yeah. Is is Cliff uh, still alive or are you in touch with him at all? Or? I was in touch with him. He passed away, oh my gosh, I don't know how many years ago. It was a very, very sad day when I found out that he had passed away. He um, he had cancer of some sort. Mm. He'd been battling that for a while. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he, I would see him at, at uh, music festivals, like down at the Allstate Convention. In oh, Peoria. yeah, of course. I'd, I'd run into him there. And he was kind of a leadership, he was in a leadership role for the state. At one point, he was the uh, chairman for the jazz, wow. uh, for state jazz. And so I would see him in Peoria. We'd always catch up. and. Um, it was a very, very sad day when I found he had passed away. And everyone kept calling me the a Cliff Kaminsky clone. Because he and I had, there were so many things that that he and I, or at least he did. And then I, I didn't necessarily consciously follow his footsteps, but it just kind of happened. Being the band director, his wife, one, the, the lady he married, her name was Diane. Oh, and your wife and is my Diane. My wife is Diane. Oh, how funny. And he was in radio. He was in radio yes, too? Yes, he was. He was in radio in Beardstown where we first got our, where oh I got my, my first gosh. start. And here I am still in you radio. You are a clone. I'm I just going to start calling you Cliff. <laughs> you call me Forget Cliff. Forget Bill. answer. You never know. Yeah, I just uh, start calling you Cliff. Gosh, that's yeah, I know. so it's funny. So, and, and it wasn't one of those deals where, okay, Kaminsky got into radio, so I'm going to get into radio. He married a woman named Diane. I got to find this Diane. I have to find some woman named Diane to marry her. But it just, it's so crazy. At least, did he have kids? Because if he did, he did, are your kids' names at least no, different? No, Your not kids' even names close. aren't? No, he his kids, actually one of his, I don't know if one or both of his kids, his boys, one of them's named Josh, and I forget the other one, but one of them's band director in the Naperville area. Okay. So at least, and, and it's interesting how, you know, sometimes your kids, like, I'm not going to do what my right. parents it's, do. It's either they follow yeah. kind of your footsteps in in your career or yeah. it's the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. They're like, hell no. Sorry, yeah, dad. Right. <laughs> not doing that. Sorry, mom. You yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. So that's, so. It, it's kind of crazy when you think about it because I, I, I didn't really, really, I didn't. You know, it, it's some people like, oh, my gosh, you want to be so much like Cliff Kaminsky that you married a woman named Diana and got into radio. <laughs> was just, he also a percussionist? He was a clarinet player. Okay. So well, see, at some, least yeah. <laughs> there, there are some differences. Yeah, here. there are. A few. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> gosh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, did you two ever get to work together on we, anything after you no, became a, a teacher? Never did. It was just he, he was in Beardstown for a while and he left teaching for a few years and then he moved to Jerseyville, Illinois, which is further south, uh, further right? south near St. Louis. Oh yeah. So that's he, way down there. Yeah. Way down. So he, and he, that's where he finished his career. He retired out of Jerseyville and um, I, I don't remember how many years he was retired before he passed away. Um, but there were so many other uh, band directors around the state that came through that program that it became music educators. Yeah. Um, the guy that just, one of my best friends from high school, just retired as a band director in the normal school district. And uh, there's another young lady who went to Springfield as a band director, one in Taylorville, Illinois. So there's band people all over the place that yeah. went through that program and were so influenced by him that we decided we want to do this as our career. So what were some of the big takeaways from Milliken that 
you implemented in all your years of teaching? You know, I don't, I really don't know. I, I mean, um, a lot of the things that I think takeaway came from my high school experience and what, how the things that I experienced at Milliken, we just, you know, you just learn. I think you learn and try to develop your, your identity as a teacher. And then I guess those first couple of years, if I could get in a time machine and go back to my Sheldon kids, I'd go, guys, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to get by. Yeah. So what, let's talk about that. Let's talk about those first years. Why do you say, I'm sorry? Were, were you very, is it, is it coming out of, of Milliken and being like, okay, this is how it is. No other way is going to work. Is it kind of like that? No, I, no. I, what I think is you're trying to, you're, I mean, first of all, I was close in age to the kids I work with, the seniors. Oh, you were, you went right to high school. I went, I went okay. to, right to a high school job. I taught fourth through uh, 12th grade band at Sheldon. So they're looking at you. You're like, what? I'm 22. 20, 22, yeah. And these, and well, I'll never forget it because he, he I could tell you how to play an F sharp. I could tell you how to do that. It's the other stuff. Like, like actually playing it to yourself? The or behavior. Oh, the behavior Managing part. behavior and trying to keep kids on task. What are you talking about? That's easy, Bill. You would think. Because <laughs> they talked to us about that. Here's how you manage student behavior. And there's this system that you use. And what is that system? They used I'm to curious. call it, it was called the Lee Cantor system. It was a check mark. Like you, if you're a bad boy, okay, okay, Jake, I'd write your name on the board. And and you're in the way you're supposed to handle this, you just write the kid's name and the kid goes, okay, I've got my name on the board. I, I need and to then be if, conscious. If you yeah. do something again, there's a check mark and then a check mark and the check mark, the, your name on the board is a warning. And then a check mark is 15 minute detention. Uh-huh. Next. There was one young lady that went through that in two minutes. Said, oh my you gosh. can make check marks on that board all day long. I still, I don't care. I'm like, okay, Lee Cantor, where are you? And we need to talk because this isn't working. <laughs> this isn't working, bro. But just trying to get kids, you know, to, to, you know, just to make music with them, but keep them on task at the same time. And the things that we talked about in college, I'm prepared musically, but that other side of things, I got, you got to learn. You got a lot of learning to do. Do you feel, do you feel like they, uh, they just didn't prepare you enough for the behavior part? I I think they try to, uh but you just have to get out there and do it. You just have to learn. I mean, this, I'll never forget it. It was, this was in 1988 and they always want to know how old you are. Yep. They're always asking, how old are you? Especially when I, actually, I guess it doesn't really matter what age the teacher is. You're always curious, but especially if Mm -hmm. you know, you see this person, you're like, Gosh, they look like they're not much older than me. Yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm 16 and oh, he looks like he's 20 something. Yeah. Let's ask, you know. 22 and this flute player, they're, they're, and, and some teachers do not want their kids to know how old they are. Like, I don't care. I really don't. I always wondered why. I mean, I guess it's a privacy thing. Maybe, don't know, maybe. But. but she, they kept asking, how old are you? How old are you? I go, you know what, guys? I'm 22 years old. And this flute player, who's a senior in high school, hand shot up. Like, oh boy, where's this going? And I said, yeah, what do you have to say? I date guys older than you. 
like, oh, okay, here we go. Okay, let's get, let's she get likes back. the daddies. <laughs> okay, and and you know, and just the nicest young lady. All of them, they were so wonderful to me. And but that, but you're just that's the kind of stuff that you you start. They don't you don't. They don't tell you about that. They don't say, hey, you're going to get this, and you're going to get that, and you're going to get this. What do you say, what yeah, do you what, say what to something? What do you something say like, to that? It's like, okay. That just kind of, like, embarrasses yeah, you. Like, yeah. It, 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 like, belittles you. Like, oh, you're just a little you're just a little guy. Yeah. I date people. <laughs> I think, they, and a lot of times I think kids do do things like that just to, sh- to shock you and see what your response is going to be. How are you yeah. going to react to this? Yes. So, I mean, but that's, they're trying, you know, you, we try to, you know, as a teacher on our end, we're looking at the group going, okay, what do you guys like? Well, and how do you fit with me? Well, the kids are sitting in their seats going, how do you fit with us? us. So it's a two-way street. And and, and that's got to be hard to remember, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. It is. To keep that in, in mind. It is. I mean, I would imagine over time you picked up on that, but I'm sure in those first years, like you're talking about at Sheldon. You have a lot to learn. Yeah. There's a lot to learn. And it's not it's not the, the music stuff. It's the other the behavior, the, the relationships that you create. I mean, you have to learn how to interact with kids. I mean, the first thing I ever did when I was in Sheldon, I mean, and and I've had kids that were in those classes thirty four years ago when I I had my drums set up in the front of the room, and I got a, I had a, back then I had a major rock set, double bass. Oh dang, you five, had yes, it cymbals. Was... Yeah, it was. I'm a neo. Neil Peart guy. Yeah. So it was just, I wanted to get as close to his drum set as I could get. But I had this thing set up and I put a PA system out there and had a cassette deck ready to go. And I queued up a song by Dokken to play along with. And it was turned up loud. And these kids just walk in and I sat in my office and didn't talk to any of them. And the bell rang. They're all sitting in their seats, had their seats set up. And I, as soon as the bell rang, I just walked out, sat down behind the drums played a brief little solo, hit the switch, played along with this docking song, and their eyes are just bugging out of their heads like, what is happening right now? And I got, when I finished, I walked up and I stood in front of him and I said, hi, I'm Mr. Dyke and I'm your new band director. And what I just did was a lot of fun, but it's taken years and years and years of work to get to this level. That's what I want to do with you guys. And to this day, those kids go, man, when you walked out and you were playing to Doc, and we were like, who is this guy? I would have loved to see <laughs> yeah. a video. I wish of I could, that. too. I wish I could see a oh video of that gosh. because I was scared to death because you don't know how they're going to respond to that. That's what I was thinking in my brain when you're telling me this story. I'm, I'm picturing this is either going to be really good or it's going to be really <laughs> bad because yeah. you just picture these kids. And of course, I'm thinking. Let it. I'm thinking if you would have done that 20 years later, as as 20 years older, yeah, to high school kids and coming out with this huge drum set and this old music to them, mm-hmm. whereas you know at that point there's not a a big gap in generation because you're so old. Yeah. But I would imagine if you would have done that in like 2008 or something like that, people would have been like. What's what he heck doing? Is, what's this guy? Is yeah. he, he's old. This that's, music's old. That's where you find something a little more relevant for him, you know, and then play along with that. Yeah. But I guess the the point and, and the thing that I've learned over my over my years of doing this, it's one thing to the kids need to see you as a musician too. In my mind, 
because that's what we do. We love to play. And, yeah. and, and I, for kids to see that, I had some instances where kids, I mean, I've started playing with the silhouettes here not, not too long ago. That's right. I play with Cosmic Rewind and all these different bands and students see you play. Or if I'm in school and I'm really lucky as a percussionist, as a drummer, I can walk back in jazz band, tell a kid I could sing the part to him or try to demonstrate, but I can just walk back, sit on the drums, try this and demonstrate right there on the spot. So I'm kind of lucky in that. But I think kids seeing that their music teacher is also a player is huge. And and kids really, man, that was kind of cool. Yeah. You know, so we do have those skills as well, not just to stand there and wave a stick around and we can play too. So going from Sheldon, Illinois, teaching there, um, where 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 did you go next? Kankakee. That was, was here Kankakee. for 12 years, yeah. And and what an education that was. And had had a, you ever come to Kankakee County before then or uh, any f- familiar? Because obviously Beardstown is, mm-hmm. is, what, that's at least two hours? It's about, thir- it's about two th- and a half to three hours to yeah. that side of the state. And then Milliken and, and Decatur and then Sheldon. We would come to Kankakee to do stuff, you know, like come to see movies and things like that. Oh, you would? Okay. My first date with my wife was... Up here, we went to the old, what used to be uh, Bradley's Garden out there okay. on 50. Yeah. So we, we that was my first date here, but we would- Because Diane, know, is Diane from? She's from Sheldon. She grew up in oh, Sheldon. Oh, she's, yep. okay. And um, yeah, our first date was uh, up to, we came up here to a movie and then we went to uh, went to Bradley's Garden for dinner. And that was, well, 1988, 89 maybe. Yeah. And um, so yeah, I, we would come up to Kankakee. But I learned a lot. I mean, you grow in, in Beardstown, Illinois. The the ethnic population, none. Uh, Milliken University, not a lot. Sheldon, Kankakee. <laughs> it was. I don't want to say culture shock, but it was. I learned so much when I came here about students who look different than me, and and uh, I, I've I've had I've developed some amazing relationships with some with students and staff. I, I just learned so much culturally about the cultural differences, but then the similarities. Just because we look different doesn't mean we think different. You know, we, we think the same. So I learned so much in my 12 years at Kankakee that I'm so grateful for. Um, and then Morris learned a lot there. And then you know, I just learned a lot over my time. But I think Kankakee was an amazing experience for me and, and learning uh, not – Musically, I was prepared, but I had a lot, a lot to learn when I came to Kankakee. And uh, and what comes to mind when when you think of coming to Kankakee? What what are some stories that stick out in your mind um, that really threw that that you know <laughs> that and, learning and, curve? Interesting, you know. And there was an instance with a young man who um, where I was talking with a young man. He was black, black man, just a great kid, had a great rapport with him. And we're talking, I said something about, yeah, I met this other kid. Cause sometimes I would um, run into kids that weren't in band. And I said, uh, yeah, this one young man I ran into such a nice guy. Well, who is like, I don't know his name. And I was using every term I could think of other than the fact that he was black. So I, I kept talking and the, and the kid finally, the kid said to me, well, is he black? Is he white? Is he Mexican? What is he? I go, well, he's black. 
And it was hard for me to say to that young man to refer to him as a, being a, a black man. And the kid looked me right in the eye and he goes, Mr. Dyke, it's okay. We know we're black. <laughs> so I, and I, I don't know why that was with me, though. I was so, I had such a hard time using that term. It, maybe it's, it was just from where you were raised and you were just talking about how Kankakee was such a, a culture it was. shock. In our, or so, may, may, maybe not a shock, but a big was, cultural difference. It was huge. And, and I guess that's why. I mean, I felt so. And I look back on that moment and think to myself, why? Why were you so afraid to use the term black? Yeah. And, and when that kid just, he just. Yeah. Smacked me upside the head. Yeah, he's like. We know okay. we're black. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. Like, <laughs> dude. So, it, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. But that, you know, just little stories, little things like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was just an education outside of music that that really created who I am and how I interact with other people, you know. And, you know, one, one time a person asked me, uh, how, many how many black kids do you have in band? How many white kids do you have in band? How many Mexicans do you have in band? I, go, I don't know. I know I have 122 kids in my band right now. But you don't, I go, I don't care. I really don't. Because all I'm about is a bunch of people getting together to make music and try to be a part of something that's bigger than yourself. To me, that that's the most important thing. And I, I really don't pay that much attention. And some people are like, why, why don't you? Because I don't. Kids are kids or kids or kids. And they all have, we all have things that, that make us happy and things that hurt, you know, that make us hurt. Let's, let's, and I have to tell my kids, I know it seems like I'm probably rambling, but no, no, you're not. The most important thing I tell my band kids, I want you to be happy people first. Happy people can't be successful musicians or whatever. You have to be happy. And I work so hard at that. And let's, let's fix, let's try to get you fixed before we care about whether you're playing F natural or F sharp or whether you're playing loud or soft. We got to, get that first and then everything falls in line. And I think that's true of anything, no it matter is. how old you are. It is. So, so that's, you know, it, it, it's a journey to me and the other, and in my reflection, you know, of these last 34 years of teaching, the journey is more important than the, than the end, than the result. I think, I mean, the work that we did this year on all the music that we've prepared for contest yeah, we lucked out. We got we got best a day out of twenty six different ensembles at organization contests. That's great. But what did we learn along the way, and how, how did we the relationships that we developed with each other along the way, and watching some of these students that improved even more and got better as a result of that? Okay, great. This is all fun and great, and I, you, 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 we like to tout that. Yeah. We hit with the, the time we've had between, you know, just this year and my time at Bradley Bourbon A and at Morris and Kankakee, there's just so many wonderful things. And when kids came up to me and would say things, I remember when we did this song. I remember when we did this song. That was so important to me. And ding, bell rung right there. That was, that, that's a win. So a lot of those messages and conversations and things like that, that's where you sit back and go, we did something right, you know, not just me, 
we, we did something right. It's funny you say that because now I'm thinking back to when I was in band and I'm trying to think of, okay, what awards did we win or what places did we place? I can't remember them. I know we placed some, you know, we got some high rankings at some of the competitions we did, but I can't remember them. But I remember, like you're talking about now, I remember some really good moments or I remember the songs or some of the the parts in those songs where I was like, oh yeah, I really loved that trumpet part. Or I remember playing Pirates of the Caribbean and mm, yeah. that, you know, and that was my favorite. Like, but I don't, I don't remember what the awards were that we won or, mm-hmm. or the, you know, that's, I don't, I don't that, remember that. That it, there's just something, and that's something that is unique to music. I think it's also unique to athletics as well, because I mean, when I talk about talk, when I talk about to my my band kids, like you, we did seven a.m. rehearsals Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and ugh, dragging yourself out of bed to be there at seven a.m. Yeah, you kind of remember that, but then well, how about that time we did a halftime show where we did the Michael Jackson dance? One year it was the Michael Jackson halftime show, and we learned a thriller dance. And I some video just surfaced the other day of me teaching the Michael Jackson dance to the band. You taught the, you did the choreography. Well, and, and it's, well, a few we had done this. We did the show a few years ago, and a young lady was in the band who she did the choreography for it. She wasn't around to come back and teach it. Oh, okay. Well, I guess it was my turn, and I found a YouTube <laughs> video of the band, and I learned it, and okay. had some of my drum majors learn it too. So I'm teaching this to them. And somebody, well, in the day, in the age of cell phones and little cameras. thank gosh. Here it comes up. Here's me showing them how to do this dance, and I'm out there on the field doing it with them, and they are just, it's a riot. But those are the things that I and students walk away with, is is teachers who are able to just let it it out, let, you know, take that guard down and be willing to act like a dummy and that's they love that. Well, good for you man yeah, for I mean, for cuz <laughs> you know you talk about we, we talk about uh people having anxiety and and things like that all the time um or or fears and that's definitely one that you know you have to drop down mm-hmm. and you have to be okay with humiliating yourself yeah. and i was scared in front to death of, too <laughs> i bet you were i, I would have to been too man yeah, i, I would have been too but <laughs> it and I, then when I saw that video, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you guys. I said, that better not surface. And we're like, oh, too late. It already has. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but that's those are these memories that, like you said, it's not it's not the end result. It's what you did to Dude, get to that point. Yeah, it's those memories mm-hmm. in, in between yep. uh, starting and finishing that mm-hmm. really make the last. Those are the things you remember for a lifetime. Yeah. You know. I, I know I could I could go up to my mom who was also a band kid and she, I could ask her about something from her band she'd be able to tell me mm-hmm. something just because that's you know um, it it just impacts you uh, that that much. And my mom yeah. would talk about all the time all of her band directors that she had mm-hmm. and all the memories that she had of being in high school and. Um, my my mom sadly passed away from COVID um, back in November of twenty. Yes, and sorry we were, for your loss. Yeah, you know, she you know it was bad. You know I mean, and, yeah. Well, yeah, and 
your whole family had gotten it, it including yourself. I have I've had it, yes. But it, didn't you get it right you got it right around that same I time. I had it at the same time actually yeah. when the day she died, I was in the hospital here in town. Yeah. And thank God for the people that were um in the hospital that worked in the hospital where she was. They had set up an iPad so we had a FaceTime. So we were able to see her and be with her in her last moments. And then we went after that had happened and we went through um, a lot of, had to go through a lot of stuff because yes. my mom and dad were married near almost, almost 60 years. That's a long time. Long, a lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot yeah. of stuff. A lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, going through a closet, we found that cornet of hers. Okay. And she had played in a municipal band in Beardstown and the trumpet was still kind of beat up. So her dad, who is still alive, said he took that instrument and he sent it off and had it totally chemically cleaned and relacquered. The thing is in beautiful condition, and I have it. My dad said, there is no one else I want to have that trumpet than you. And I took it to school and I showed it to my band kids because they knew she had passed away and that we were kind of going through that whole thing. And I got it out and played it for them, and they they just sat there and I said, this is, a, this is a piece of my mom that my dad wants me to have. Yeah. And they were just blown away by it. But just to have that little piece of her musical life stay with me is pretty special. Um, but, yeah, the memories that she would share, you know, it's just a thing. And, 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 I, and I don't want to discount anything else. There's other so many other things, athletics. They, you, know, you hear about athletes talking about experiences that they've had. It's, it's, it's the same thing. It's just great things happen in life and it's all that you know, we keep I keep talking in a circle about the result isn't necessarily as important as the journey to get to it so mm -hmm. i know one of the speaking of memories i know one of my favorite memories from uh the last you know 7 or 8 years that i've been in in broadcasting and in media i think of the time that when i was still doing the wake and jake morning show we had set up uh, time for best Jess and I to come yeah. out and <laughs> hang with the band. And that was the first time that I'd really gotten to see you um, engage with your kids and, you know, in front of the whole band. I had seen you at some of the parades with the marching band, but I feel like that's a little different. You're not in the, the school environment that you typically are on a day-to-day -day basis. Um and and that was the first time when when Best Jess and I we we went that visit there we uh, you guys performed for us I know I've got I still have those recordings I, by I the really way. <laughs> I do um, I I can't remember I, I I've got them somewhere um, on one of my hard drives um, but uh, that was one of my favorite moments <clears throat> um, just because I was a band kid so I still love band but getting to see how much those kids respected you and how you got down on their level as well it was just a beautiful thing to witness you know it it really and and that's when it kind of really occurred to me I I always knew you were a great band director but it was just like oh wow like he's incredible he's special to these kids and for you know, the rest of the time that you were there, they are extremely lucky to have you. So, well, that, that's, that, <laughs> that's very kind of you to say that. Um, I guess it's just all about, and I would, it's all about having fun. And that's what music is about in my life. It's been, there's been so much fun 
and I want the kids to see how much fun they can have. And if you knew how excited they were that you guys were coming over, <laughs> that when I told them that you that the Wake and Jake show was coming over, that I mean they were their eyes lit up. <laughs> and and I remember the day that we that you played all that back because mm-hmm. I we're, oh that's right because we played it that was one of the whole points we recorded these right. things to play on the show and at a different day yeah we we no instruments came out that morning. We just were monitoring FAV the whole time. And as soon as we would hear you guys between songs, I think when I first turned it on, believe it, I, this is how well I remember the moment Billy Eilish's bad guy was playing. Oh, okay. And yeah. the whole band room started singing along with that. And I looked, I'm like, you guys know this song? I'm like, yes, we know this song. And then we just, so we listened for that entire hour just to hear what had been put together. Yep. But they were so excited about that moment. And it was it was so cool when you guys first came over. You know how it is to be in radio; they want to see what you look like. Yes, <laughs> they want to see what you look so, like. Absolutely. So that was kind of fun for that whole thing because they were asking me, "So what? What does he look like? What does he look like? What does she look <laughs> not, like?" Not like what you think. I said, "You're you know. going to find out yeah. soon enough." Yeah. So it was it was a neat. That was such a neat memory. Great memory for us and yeah. for them. And it was so. just an honor to 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 see you and your element because the most most times you and I interact has been at the radio station mm-hmm. which we haven't really brought up but it's kind of funny that I think you're the yeah you're the fourth I think the fourth person uh from Milner Media that's been <laughs> on the podcast yeah. at this point um I feel like that's actually a whole nother podcast as as radio because this I know that you've got great stories from radio as well mm-hmm. um I I specifically wanted to talk about your career as an educator mm-hmm. just because of your retirement. So at this point, I mean, you, the, the, you had your final concert. So what happens for the rest? Of, are you, are you done? Like officially, or are you still going to school every day? Still or? going to school every day. Um, yeah, there's uh, two performances left. Where, uh, the band oh, there plays, are performances yeah, left. band oh, plays okay. at graduation. Oh, of course. So that's coming up. Um, this coming, well, the 20th of May. Yeah. And then uh, the ba- jazz band has been invited to play at the Strawberry Jazz Festival out of the Northfield Square Mall. That's okay. on June 5th, which is past my official last day of school. Yeah. So I get to keep my keys a little bit longer because <laughs> we got to get the band out there to play. We've got a rehearsal coming up on uh, before that. So, yeah, I'm still going right to the end. As far as I'm concerned, one of the principals that I worked for for Bradley Bourbonnet Bill Gamble is his name. And he had a saying in the second semester, he would always look at the seniors and say, finish strong. And I'm finishing strong. I'm trying to do that. Yeah, man. I'm not giving up yet. I kept, when I announced that I was retiring, I announced back in February that I was going to retire. And kids were pretty upset by that. Of course, I was emotional about it too. That, you know, it was an emotional day for us. But I followed it up by saying, guys, we have more to work to do. We have, Solo Ensemble, we have Disney, we have uh, organization contests, we have spring concerts, we have a lot to do. Yes, this, everything that I do will be my last as a teacher, but we have work to do and we're not, we're going to do our best all the way to the bitter end. And they have followed me through fire and <laughs> rain and you name it, but we've a- achieved an awful lot. Just in this last semester, so yeah, I'm. That's a lot, especially that that Disney trip was uh, extremely special for many different reasons. Oh because yeah, absolutely. One, it was delayed by 
two two years, two years, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And which was a bummer for the kids that didn't get a chance to go because yeah. they graduated yep. by that time. But the ones that did get to go, and I'm sure that was bittersweet. I'm sure, I, I'm sure you have a love hate relationship with the Disney trips. I don't know. I could be wrong. <laughs> I, I would imagine that would be awesome, but at the same time, you're traveling with all these kids. Yeah. You know, all the, all the, all we're so lucky though. Our kids behave so well. They do. They did. They were really well behaved. They worked hard leading up to that. And it's interesting too, because I would say the lowest, the low light of a Disney trip is the bus ride to and from. Yeah. 24 hours. That cannot be fun. It's not. And when you, you know, I, my, me and Tylenol and Aleve became very close friends for those rides because the 55-year-old body gets really sore. And the ride to Florida, we basically get there and go straight into a park. We don't check into the hotels and freshen up a little bit. It's right into the park. Seriously? And, yeah. Right yeah. into the park to play? No, we don't play. Thank oh, good. Okay. Oh, 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 I okay. But we just basically hit a park and we're in. Oh, okay. So when, when everybody gets back to the hotel... There's a run on showers, trying to get to the shower. Uh, yeah, right. But that's, I mean, and, and and even in that, the interaction with kids on the on the buses, it's a lot of fun. They see us. One kid actually walked up to me and goes, you're wearing sweatpants right now. I go, <laughs> yeah, I am. As a matter of fact, I do. I do have a drawer full of sweatpants and shorts and things like that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a human. Yeah, I'm a human being. And that's kind of fun for kids to see that. Yes. And then there's the highlight is marching down the street at Magic Kingdom, Main Street Parade. It's it's the high light and the low light, but even the low lights are not bad. Yeah. You know, and the great <laughs> memories that you make. But we've, we've done Disney several times, um, but this time was real special knowing that, and, and when, when the crowds, I mean, our kids, they group together on Main Street. As the band's coming down, they're cheering. And it just kind of, I had a few tears running. Yeah. Um, How could you not? It's, I, it was, it's, yeah. it was, you know, it's your last time. And yeah. especially after the last couple of years, we've all gone through. Yeah. That probably made it extra special it as was. well. It was. So, and so how many times total have, when did the, the Disney trip start? At least in, at Bradley Bourbon A, for when, since I've been there, we started, uh, I started there in 2006. I think we went in 2007. And then, Every other year we take a trip and every other trip is Disney. So every kid gets to go to Disney and then there's another trip. We've done New York, Memphis, and Nashville. I forgot about New York. I we did a lot that. of those. That we did, uh, I mean, when I was at Morris High School, we did Toronto, um, Disney. I've been to St. Louis, Atlanta. How did Toronto work? It was really interesting. It was really cool. I, I was surprised. Yeah, to, to take kids cross uh, you know, back con- then they only needed a birth certificate and a. Oh, that was before the passport correct. requirement to get into Canada. Yeah. That's right. So that was, it was an organizational nightmare, but we got it pulled off and just a yeah. birth certificate. And then they had a letter of permission that let me take their kid across, across the border. Yep, yeah. That was it. So, yeah. I mean, I've had a great experiences and have dragged my wife to several of them and finally she says i'm not going on these trips Come and on. and she's retired now she's correct? retiring at the end of this school year as well oh, oh she so you're both retiring the same year yes we are i did not know yeah. that because yeah. i thought maybe she had retired last year i knew she was going to be retiring soon yeah. but and she's grade school uh, right? she was for she... the long for a big part of her career she was an elementary general music teacher 
And then here in the last few years, she started to teach group piano over in uh, the Kankakee School District. They've had a group piano program going for decades. And she slid into that and has been at Kankakee High School for the last, oh, I don't know how many years she's been teaching group piano there. She was teaching uh, group piano over at the junior high as well. So yep. I think it's awesome to have that. I, I, I don't, there, are there any other schools that, that have? I've never heard of group piano. Not that I know of, not in the area. Maybe I think if you go up into some of the suburban schools, they may have it. But around here, I don't know of any. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she's very fortunate to get to do that for her job. And just to, she recently had her, her last recital and 30 kids played on that recital. And some of them started playing just in January of this year. Wow. And got up in front of an audience and performed very well. That's so pretty good. She's had a she's had a great career as well and touched so many lives on her own and yeah. Gonna be a big uh party at the the Dyke House. Oh yeah, <laughs> let's go. Yeah. And actually the first thing, one of the first big things we have been waiting three years to do an Alaskan cruise. Oh, so you're gonna do that's that coming up this in year? July. Finally oh, we get to go. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. So I remember excited. um I remember Jim Brandt did that when he was still working at the station. Oh, did he? Him and, him and his wife went yeah. on an Alaskan are... cruise, and he showed me pictures of that. And that looks like a Bob Ross painting. Oh, Everything my... you look yeah. at is what it looks <laughs> like. like. <laughs> so... <laughs> happy, uh, happy class. Yeah, happy yeah. tree. Yeah. Happy mistakes. <laughs> happy mistakes. That's, <laughs> oh, that's what it is. So, you know, being that you've had thirty-four years in music education. You've, there, there's obviously a lot that's evolved over the years, whether it was good or whether it was bad. What are some, some things that you think we should not lose sight of in the music departments in school or something that um, you think should come back or just because I know it's we constantly talk about how uh, music education in in schools is not as funded or um, not highlighted enough. I I guess what I when it comes, I mean, keep it. I mean, mean, and I've been so fortunate in every school that I've worked in. The support for the arts is incredible. Um, And not always it's not always not that way everywhere. So, that, I mean, my message would be get out and fight for it, advocate for it in every opportunity that you get. Don't lose sight of the music making. That's what kids sign up for. They sign up to, I mean, yeah, you have to teach them things and teach them music theory and, and that kind of thing. But, a, but that's what, don't lose sight of the making music part of it. Because that, to me, is the most important thing about if you signed up for band, you signed up to play. Set up a choir, you you sign up to sing. You know, same with orchestra, you sign up to play. So don't lose sight of that. And I know technology, I mean, I, I will honestly, throughout the whole, I mean, and, and I, I'm not saying that I want to would want to be remote teaching all the time, but I learned a lot about technology through the whole remote teaching with the pandemic going on. So that's a good thing. And I think the kid, I mean, and kids have actually learn to navigate some of that that technology even better and in more productive ways never lose sight of the actual picking up an instrument and playing because that that's what 
I, I, I think I hope I'm answering your question. Yeah, I know. I, I might not have uh, <laughs> worded that correctly. I mean, what are some things you think that could be improved upon throughout? I, I know your experience obviously only goes with certain places, but overall, when you just hear things about music departments and, and other places, what do, you, what do you think should be improved upon or, or what are some misconceptions that need to be you know, put out that is, that are not true about. Mainly it's not that it's, it is not easy. I I guess that's kind of what I, some people look at it and go, Oh, pick up a horn, play big deal. I want to, I I also want to talk to athletes and say the same thing. You know, athletes, you know, some people say, Oh, that's all they do. They pick up a ball and they throw it and catch it. Well, there's a lot that goes into that. So maybe just, know that it's not the easiest thing to do and it takes years and years and years of work. I guess when you, you know, people hate to hear the name Tom Brady, <laughs> how much has that guy worked and practiced over his life to be able to do what he does and makes it look so effortless? Well, I, th- I hope when I sit down behind a set of drums and I'm playing with the silhouettes or I'm playing with whatever group I'm playing with, people go, ah, that's easy. Yeah, it's easy because I've spent when I'm 10 years old when I started. So I've been doing this for 46 years of my, soon to be 46 years of my life and went through all the collegiate preparation that I went through just to make it look easy. Um, (laughs) And that's something that I know I have to constantly remind myself about things I'm trying to accomplish, you know? Yeah. And I look, you know, you're a pretty good musician yourself. Oh, I'm I'm not that good. I'm not that good. I mean, I've got to see anyone who plays at the House of Blues is not, not, there's no slouch involved there. So, (laughs) I mean, I I guess I'm trying, I mean, as far as improving things, the schools I've been in, we were very, very fortunate. Some schools, not so much when it comes to taking away funding and I guess my message to anyone who's in a music department, you have to always be willing to talk about your program and say and sell it. You know, I, we always use that term, that term, toot your own horn. You have to be willing to do that and and be willing to speak up. With your retirement, I'm, you mentioned the silhouettes. You mentioned Cosmic Rewind. What are, are I'm sure you're going to be doing more more of just playing in general or what are your Alaskan crews, obviously, yeah. you know, I've actually, my, uh, performance calendar is starting to kind of amp up a little bit with this between the silhouettes. And there's a, a guy in town, Rod Williams. He's a retired band director who has uh, what's called the jazz time, big band. I got some getting to play with them a little bit. Cool. Kings of Dixieland. I'm getting to play a couple things with them. Silhouettes are out all the time. Yeah. Just getting to play, you know, that and, I'm, the other thing I like to play is golf. I don't play very well, right. but I'm, I'm going to get to play some golf. Because your son was pretty good. At, John's pretty good at golf, right? Or he's, he was he's pretty good or, at it because he, he was in the. Wasn't he on the high school? He was on basketball, that, baseball. He did a little bit of football. Oh, he didn't do he, golf. He didn't I do golf, he did but golf. he. Yeah. I took him out, and he kind of uh-huh. picked up on how to play a little bit. Not he didn't learn. There's some things he did not learn for me, which are good things mm-hmm. for him. But it's fun to just get out and play. Yeah. And be out in the, and just be out with friends that are, you know, and um, so they, those things are going on. There's a few other things that are business like. I'm hoping, you know, more, there'll be more time at uh, 
At Milner Media. Right. I, yeah, I should mention, um, if you don't know, uh, Bill Dyke is uh, the evening personality on The Valley, uh, 92.7, so mm-hmm. 7 to midnight. And maybe when people yeah. take time off... Yeah, sick. that fill it right. We need you to come in. Yep. You know, exactly. Chris Nichols does that all the time. I'll get a text. Yeah. Hey, can you fill in for so-and-so? Or can you fill in for so Okay, I'll do more of that. I'm more available. Yep. Yeah, there's another the tour company that we work with. They need tour directors for people to go out. Like um, you meet the meet the groups. They had groups traveling to Disney. So they we go out in advance Oh. and coordinate things for them for when they arrive. So that's a thing. Cool. I'm, uh, I'm on the national faculty with the college board and what's called pre-AP. I'm a pre-AP music trainer. So there's a couple of, uh, I know of two music teachers in the country who are on that national faculty. I'm one of them. I did, is that something new? It's been around. Pre-AP is something new. There's always been the AP. Yeah. Well, now they have something called pre-AP. So you're trying to get kids to take the pre, pre-AP classes to transition to AP classes. Yeah. So I've been teaching that class at the high school. And when I was trained, I was invited to apply to be a national faculty member. And I, so I'm on that. So there's That's just awesome. enough. I was going to, you've got quite a bit going just on there. Just a few there. options, but you can always <laughs> say no. Yes. Um, I've told my church if they, you know, they have a big lot out there in Bourbon A, I'll get on a tractor and mow. <laughs> and mow. Yeah. yeah why not? On my AirPods. And, yeah. And go at it, man. It, the... It's actually kind of, I, I do uh, enjoy mowing the grass. Yeah. It's just a, it's kind of uh, therapeutic. Yeah. It's you know? a mindless thing to do. You know, the Pretty biggest much. thing you got to worry about is keeping your line straight. I don't know. Yeah. The only thing it's not mindless is I do not like mowing hills or anything mm, where yeah, I feel yeah. like I'm going to mm-hmm. fall or mm-hmm. yeah. no, thanks. I, yeah. I, I won't, yeah. <laughs> I won't do that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I'm sure we could go on forever. You are one of the most humble people I know. And that's another great thing about yourself. Well, so thank you. I appreciate, yeah. I appreciate the opportunity to, to, to do this. I mean, yeah. I've never done it before. No, thank you for being open to it. And I, I, you know, I, wanted to do this just to say thank you for all of your many years of dedication to music in Kankakee County. I mean, um, without dedicated teachers such as yourself, I mean, it just falls to the wayside. And I think your passion of uh, being a music educator is what, kind of going back to what you said earlier, you have to toot your own horn and you have to say great things about your music department. And I think the fact that you did that in all your years, whether you were at Kankakee or BBCHS, that's why the programs became important and why they didn't get pushed to the, you know, mm-hmm. you know, especially with BBCHS. Like, I, I don't know much about Kankakee and their, their music department, but I know like from just from what I gather, BBCHS is very passionate about their their music department, and they very, see, yeah. and it seems like they make it uh, so that it's very important. They do, you know, and yeah, and so. I think that we, I think when it's it's so easy to talk about our music programs when we put the focus where the focus is supposed to be, and that's on the students, on the students, absolutely, and and then the teachers that I work with, I have. I have many work wives, <laughs> many. Um, Cheryl King's a choir director. Cindy Altenberger is our, uh, the other band director over there. Brittany Williams, the orchestra director, and Chris Lord. These are people who put the kids first. When you hear 
any of us talking about anything. It's the success of our students. Our program is successful because of our students. And when you put the focus in the right place, it's real simple to toot your own horn. But the other side of that too is we get along so well. They're like my sisters. I haven't had sisters. I have two brothers. <laughs> right. At every, all my jobs, Morris High School and, and the last two jobs, Morris and here, I have a lot of sisters, whether they're in the music department, the fine arts department, and the visual arts. It's it's all sisters. It's all work wives. And they keep me in line. But we we just support each other. We have we share students and we're all I mean, some direct some music departments just don't get along. Mm-hmm. And the kids could feel that and that will affect their the success of the program. But I think that's because our we've had such wonderful, hardworking students that focus on them. It just takes it takes care of itself. Yeah. So well, thank you for for everything you and, and everyone else has done at uh, BBCHS to, to make music work. Yeah. And uh, is there anyone else you want to give a shout out to? Oh, my wife, yeah. Diane. She <laughs> has been um, kind of like a military wife here. Uh, when I left Kankakee and went to Morris, she continued to work in, when we, were there, we were in Morris for four years. She worked at Bourbon A for one Plainfield for two, so she's commuting like crazy. And then her fourth year, the fourth year we were in Moore, she had a job. She actually got a job in town and enjoyed that five-minute commute. <laughs> and then we uprooted and came back here, and she said, if we move again, you take another job, you're moving alone. Okay, so we've been here for 16 years, but Diane has been um, – she's been a wonderful – a wife, a wonderful mom to our two kids, John and Allison. I mean, here they are, 26 and 27. They made it back for my last concert. Um, so my family is like number one. They And she has been, She we were talking about doing this, and her question was, what's a podcast? <laughs> I go, well, it's just going to be me and Jake talking. <laughs> yeah, just we're sitting just back talking, and talking. She goes, did he send you any questions? Like, no, I think this is supposed no. to be a, just a natural conversation. Yep. And so, but she's been... She's been incredible in supporting me and all the things that I do. I mean, the, being a high school band director, it's a lot of nights, a lot of yeah. weekends. You're gone. Oh yeah. So she's been, she's been incredible. Um, my two kids, I actually got to have them in class for their time in high That's school. That's right. That was cool. That would have um, been cool. But yeah, those, yeah, yeah. Wow. My family has helped me be what I am and do yeah. what I do, and yeah. Thanks for thanks for doing this. Well, Bill. Thanks for having me. It's an honor and a privilege to be a part of this. Well, that concludes this episode of Kankakee Podcast. I'm Jake Lamore. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this podcast with a family member, friend, or neighbor you think might enjoy learning new things about the people and places of Kankakee County. Also, a special thank you to our patrons for helping make this episode possible, including Jake Lee, Jesse Arsenal, Dave Barron, Daryl Damper, Samantha Rocknowski, Lake Iverson, Travis Garcia, Jane Bostwick, Don Harrison, Simon Topless, Scott Wright, Carrie O'Connell, Jamie Race, Joanne Barry, Anthony Vaselli, Eric Olson, Dan DeBoard, Jeff and Rosa Carroll, Teague Drenan, Sandy and Steve Twait, and Rose Lucky. 
Now, to become a podcast patron, go to kankakeepodcast.com and click on the Patron tab. If you pledge $5 or more per month, you'll also hear your name announced on an episode of Kankakee Podcast. Now, there's also other rewards like access to extended versions of episodes, behind-the-scenes podcast episodes, podcast merch, discounts on special events. Uh, There's even an option for you and I to spend a day together at the Kankakee County Museum and so much more. Your monthly pledge is truly appreciated, and our goal right now is to reach $400 dollars per month, which right now we're at about 60% funded. So please sign up for the patron program today at kankakeepodcast.com. Our theme song is by Lupe Carroll. This river carries on.